Hello and a very warm welcome to the Golf Shake podcast. My name is Kieran Clark, and this week we'll be looking specifically at a destination and part of the world that will be widely showcased this summer when the Open Championship returns to Northern Ireland and Royal Portrush after a 68-year absence. Very, very exciting time, a very unique and special championship this July. And someone who has recently had to experience, chance to experience uh, the golf and the wider attractions of this you know, spectacular part of the world, this tremendous destination for golfers in Northern Ireland, is Golf Chic Ambassador Andrew Pickham, who recently sampled the Causeway Coast Tour uh, last year. And I'm delighted to say that Andrew joins me this week to reflect back on his experiences there on the Causeway Coast, playing those courses, sampling the hospitality and the attractions in Northern Ireland, and it should be a wonderful discussion. Expectations are high. So, Andy, welcome back to the Golf Shake podcast, and how are you today? Very good. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you very much for the invite. Um, I sat in a very foggy, frozen Derbyshire, but uh, <laughs> in, in tribute to what we're going to be talking about, wearing my very special Game of Thrones T-shirt, which says on the front, winter is coming, has to be done. <laughs> winter is here never mind coming it's already here it's here and it's, it's full force that's for sure yeah. and uh, yeah it's a very cold day here too in St Andrews and we're actually recording uh, this podcast on the 31st of January and as we all know at this time of year uh, the, the cold snap has hit uh, the British Isles quite dramatically it's a very cold day but it's lovely sunshine here clear blue skies the perfect day for a nice stride across the links here at the home of golf but of course Compared to what our good friends in the US are experiencing right now, it's not. It's, it's no comparison, really, given some of the extraordinary scenes, uh, particularly in Chicago, which has been turned into the Antarctic. It appears like it's very, very surreal looking. So, yeah, cold day, but we'll try and warm ourselves up here by talking about uh, Northern Ireland and looking ahead to the summer. And you referenced to Andy. Game of Thrones, obviously one of the most popular television shows in the world that people will be aware. Uh, much of it is, of course, filmed in Northern Ireland. And uh, and part of that we'll talk a little bit about as well, because these filming locations, so iconic, obviously, on this show throughout its time. And, of course, that show comes to an end, I believe, uh, this year. I'm not somebody who watches the show, but I have enough of the knowledge to know that it, the final season is in 2019. And so many of those sites and vistas are iconic and Indeed, actually, in Northern Ireland, you can go and sample them and see them for yourself if you're there. But we'll talk a little bit about that and some of the other stuff as well. And, of course, the golf courses in that area, from Castle Rock Golf Club, Port Stewart, that some of you will remember from the Irish Open two years ago. And, of course, the, the big daddy of them all, Royal Port Rush, which, of course, will host this year's Open Championship, which is sure to be a great occasion. So, you know, Andrew, looking at the at Northern Ireland, first of all, at the Causeway Coast, you know, tell us a little bit, before we get to the actual golf courses and delving into that side of things, tell us a little bit about your journey there, where you stayed, and some of the kind of the attractions out with the golf that you had the chance to look at and experience when you were there. Yeah, yeah, with with pleasure. One of, one of the real things that um, – it was quite an eye-opening trip as a whole uh i flew from east midlands into belfast which is about a 50 minute journey so literally by the time you've taken off you're wanting to uh, come and land again really really convenient and within an hour um i was 
ready and waiting to get warmed up on the first course at Castle Rock. Mm. Um, literally so convenient from the Midlands. It's, it's outrageously, <laughs> ridiculously convenient. Um, one of the things that surprised me is the, um, the way in which it is so brilliantly organized with that, the, the Giants Causeway and the Causeway Tour. So if you imagine the, the, the map of Ireland towards the north area there, um, there's a World Heritage Site with the Giants Causeway, which is a, a, a massive tourist uh, attraction and has been for time immemorial. Uh, but then there's a whole host of other tourist-related things. I was very, very surprised. One of the guides that we got to talk to was... Um, also a taxi driver, but he was trained in a host of different things. And the hospitality industry in Northern Ireland in particular is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the anticipation for the open and the service provision and the quality of hospitality that's being offered and the training that's been offered to the staff that's going to deliver that, I was really uh, astonished by Um when you then start to look at the other areas of attraction, like the gourmet food that's in that area, um, I have to, th a lot of letter G's here, but gourmet food, gin and Guinness, I, really, as far as I'm concerned, you don't get too much better than that. Um, but the, there is a real emphasis within the general area on being able to understand the provenance of food and being able to, explain to people who are consumers exactly where the food comes from and what the product coming directly from the farmer uh, and how it's prepared and how it's served and the quality of the ingredients and the it I got a real feel for the community that the community as a whole was taking on this idea and was really promoting it um, you know, that there were people who were making cheeses that were being delivered to markets that were very specialist cheeses. There was, there was jams and chutneys and it, literally it's, um, almost at the cutting edge of a new way of thinking about the sort of products and the way in which they are consumed. So for me, it was just an absolute delight to get in on that, that sort of grand level and to have discussions with uh, the sommeliers who were involved in providing the whiskies and gins that match the food, but then to get the chance to talk to the chefs that were involved in producing um all local produce because it's all about the the environmental footprint and they want to make sure that the food is produced and consumed locally because obviously it, it makes much more sense from a consumer's point of view and environmental point of view but the apps the quality it is absolutely stunning um, and it's not just in the specialist places that is across the board you'll go into the greengrocers and the greengrocers will be marketing local products and and I, I really sort of engaged with that, um, with my foodie head on as opposed to my golfing head on. I loved it. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. Um, and and yeah. Andy, as you said there, you, know, uh, you mentioned the, the food and the, the drink and so on, the gin and the, and the Guinness and all the rest of it and the gourmet food. And in one of your reviews on the Golf Sheet website, you did actually touch on there that one of your great interests or indeed addictions is – the food and the booze. So that's your words, not mine. So I think people can obviously now see what that is the case. But yes, I think certainly people will be very interested to hear that. You know, obviously, you know, great 
uh, hospitality there. And actually, you mentioned in your reviews as well that of all the trips you've been on, and you've been on several of them, many of them, of course, have been recorded and reviewed on the Golf Sheet website. And we'd obviously go and encourage anyone listening to this to go and check those reviews out because they give a really good flavour literally of what you can experience at these places not just the golf but the accommodation the food the, the attractions all the rest of it you know andrew gives you a really good wide-ranging feel of a, of a place but andy you mentioned that you felt that you had never felt so welcomed and the warm welcome from the people of northern ireland there uh, the laughter that you had there uh, what was the, the the hospitality and the welcome like from the the people that you encountered uh, obviously at the golf clubs, but just generally the people you met there, how welcoming were they in Northern Ireland? It, to be honest, it's unsurpassed. That um, You'd literally, you would walk into a pub or a bar <clears throat> and you'd literally wouldn't, there's none of this, what's the Wi-Fi code? I'll start looking at my phone. Yeah. Because someone will start to engage you in a conversation about something. Mm-hmm. And it literally, I, I can't remember the phrase, there was a phrase that a guy used was, um, a stranger is a friend that you've not yet met. Wow. Is- as, as we stood at the bar, having a glass of Guinness together. And, and literally it just, the, the, this wasn't put up. It wasn't false. This was just a guy coming into the, his local boozer to have a beer on his way home from work and just having the crack. Um, the The place that we stayed at was the Bushmills Inn, which was phenomenal, mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal. Um, it, it would take 45 minutes to actually go through the list of awards that this place has won. Um, but genuinely if you are interested in looking for accommodation in that area check their availability uh quite early on because um i certainly when i return that will be one of the first places that i'll be checking out and it covers whatever you would want they are able to provide um one evening we were in there and there was a roaring fire and there was a couple of us just sat around setting the world to rights um Two hours later, there's live music on in the bar and there's 50 or 60 people and there's a proper hoolie going off. (laughs) And literally, it it is stunning like that. And then a little bit later in the night, there's a couple who've travelled from Dallas in America who are doing a tour around the the area, checking out all the sites for Games of Thrones. And they've just sort of uh, been out for a meal. They sat there and you spend an hour discussing the world in general and an interest with people that you'd never met before mm. from the opposite side of the world. And literally, the, the, there's no pretension to it. It's just a wonderfully welcoming feeling, um, which I, I've, I noticed as I was thinking about what I was going to talk about for this trip, there's, um, there's a new thing that's been put together by Tourism Island called Fill Your Heart with Ireland. And it's a really clever idea because what they've done is um, they've rigged up some medical assessment uh, and blood pressure monitors and all the rest of it and sent a couple to explore Northern Ireland and then monitored and assessed their reaction to different things that they found in order to literally fill their heart with Northern Ireland. And there are so many things within it that are joyful and are enjoyable and will literally get your pulse running in addition to the golf that it's, it's an area that 
I certainly am going to go back to and explore with much more detail because um, there was just so much that was such a such great fun um, and wandering into a bar and meeting up with some people that you'd never met before and finding that the common theme was you were both in the same place and then there was an interesting golf or there was an interesting something else. Phenomenal, really is. No, it's, it sounds like it, and uh, I mean the way you've described it there was so eloquent, and I think you've you, you've uh, you should be on commission by the Northern Irish Tourist Board. I think after that, because uh, that was uh, you, you you have sold it there, and I think it, again you, you've tapped into what so many people say about going to Ireland generally about the people there, the crack, the laughter, the welcome, the hospitality. That it's just it is a very welcoming and, and I think the key thing there the word that I liked was there there is no pretense to it. it's not pretentious at all it's very welcoming and accessible and I think that's a, a common theme for anyone who goes there and that's a great selling point is that you yeah the golf courses are wonderful but away from that there's so much to enjoy and you're there in an evening or during a day or going somewhere else or having a dinner or out for a few drinks and either way whatever you're doing you'll have a, a rewarding time and it's something that uh, you'll certainly reflect back on positively. So I think, yeah, there's so much we, we could really delve into all, all, all the stuff you can do away from the golf. And I think there's so much there and we would obviously encourage anyone who's interested in this to you know, obviously look up the Irish Tourist Board as well and see more about it and particularly the Causeway Coast and obviously the giant Causeway visitor, visitor Centre there, which of course is a very popular site, spectacular place and the Bushmill in that you mentioned there, and of course just sits at the giant causeway as well. So it's a great part of the world. And of course you have these wonderful golf courses right on its doorstep and we'll get to those right now. So moving on to the golf, you mentioned earlier that the first course you had the chance to play really stepping off the plane and you were off to Castle Rock Golf Club, which is a really, you know, you look at the pictures of it and the video flyovers, it is a truly classic Lynx course, like so many of these courses in the north of Ireland, and I think if you look at the southwest of the Republic and also in the north, you it is visually you know, at these golf courses are almost unsurpassed. And we have wonderful links courses in England, in Wales, and of course in Scotland. But in terms of the, the scenery, in terms of how these courses look with the expansive dunes and just the, the, the incredible views, I mean. Visually, I don't think there are more spectacular courses to be found anywhere than the best of what you see in in Ireland. And uh, Castle Rock is perhaps maybe a lesser known example of that. But you look at some of the dunes there, you know, they're very intimidating, very striking. Uh, the village itself, uh, it obviously, obviously on the coast, uh, has lovely beaches. It's only around five miles west of uh, Coleraine on the north coast of Ireland. And it's a relatively short drive from both the Port Stewart and Royal Port Rush, two of the better known venues. But Andy, looking at Castle Rock, you, you were very impressed by obviously what you experienced there. You loved the course. You also loved the, the clubhouse, the hospitality, the, the, again, the friendliness there and the facilities that were available. So Give us your impressions of Castle Rock Golf Club. It, you've got two airports that are within an hour's travelling distance of Castle Rock. So literally it's one that you can get to very, very simply and straightforwardly. Um, there's a wonderful tradition to the place. Um, it, it's got the oldest club competition in Northern Ireland. First started in 1901, the Castle Rock Cup. There's actually two golf courses 
Um, the Mussenden is the one that I played and particularly concentrated on, which is a 6,700 yard par 18. But then there's a, a shorter course, the Ban, B-A-N-N, that is absolutely beautiful. Um, I didn't play the band, but we walked it. And some of the views, as you just mentioned, there were some spots within that golf course where you can see Donegal, you can see Scotland, and you can see the Isle of Islay, all from the same location. And there is, it's almost like a, a lunar-type landscape on, on some occasions with the, the, the way that the links just follow and sort of all put together. The design of it, was done by Ben Sayers, the guys that um, the club manufacturers, mm -hmm. then supported with Harry Holt. So you've got um, golf course designers of the absolute premier division that have just seen what Mother Nature's got to offer and then tweaked it to a point where it's basically sublime. Um, it, it's very difficult not to wax lyrical about that place. It's jaw-droppingly good um I, I, whenever i'm playing i do try and get as much video and uh of, of where i'm going and i didn't get anywhere near as much video as i wanted of there when i went back and reflected on it because i was so wrapped up in what i was enjoying and experiencing and feeling mm -hmm. the smells of the place because of the fact it's so close to the sea the um the, the cuisine and the smell coming from the clubhouse, that's top notch. So you get the odd wafts of the food and stuff as you're on the, it, it, it's honestly for the, um, for the costs involved, it is incredible. It's ridiculous value. Mm. Um, and Castle Rock, I would return to in a heartbeat. Um, the, the eighth hole in particular is just, a stunning, stunning golf hole, um, sort of like a double dog leg. It's, it's almost like if you were to take an aerial view, if you were to have a drone flying over it, it'd be like trying to follow a serpent <laughs> in order to be able to follow the, the fairway. And uh, it's it's astonishing. It re Very difficult to describe. The, the best way in which I could ask people to try and enjoy or get a flavor of that, look at the video that they allowed us to incorporate into the review because that video gives you a little bit of a feeling. Um, it's, it's as good to golf as golf born as you're going to get. Uh, it gives a really good idea of the sort of things that you're going to be faced with. Um, beautiful. A beautiful course. And then as you come in and with the welcome to to the visitor from the staff, but also from the existing members, that for me is always a measure of how good a golf course is, whether or not the members are wanting to talk to you and to find out, so how did you enjoy it? What did you think? Um, and the engagement from the members uh, was superb. Um so there's, if ever there was, I hate using the term hidden gem, <laughs> but it, it actually has been awarded the hidden gem award for Northern Earth uh, for Ireland. Um, literally, I think they're going to develop massively because with the exposure with the people that are visiting it's uh, the neighbors particularly port rush for the open the exposure that they're going to get um 
I've already got it on a bucket list to return because I'm told that uh, there's a railway station in Castle Rock itself and there's a train journey that you can take down the coast, um, which a friend of mine who knows about these kind of things because he's a proper train geek describes it as one of the most beautiful train journeys anywhere in the world. Um, And I've already got that as a little plan for later in the year to get back there. And, and obviously I'll have to take the clubs with me and uh, <laughs> I might just have to, I might just have to uh, pop around again. But what I think I would do is to try the shorter of the courses, the ban mm-hmm. that's, that only runs at 4,800 yards and it, it, but the views from that as it overlooks the estuary and the river ban itself, literally as, as you're going along, you, you just come to a standstill in order to be able to, to take it all in. It's beautiful. Oh, it's, it certainly is. And as you mentioned there, Andy, the, the video on the article that we embedded into that gives a little bit of a, a sense of what it's like. And uh, I think the way you've described it there, and I, I loved the, when you said there that you, you were so invested and you're so into the experience that you forgot to take the videos and sort of worry about that sort of thing. And it just shows when, whenever... You're living in the moment, and that's always a great sign of a place that is worth visiting. And I think it's uh, the way you've described it there is it's almost like a an experience for the senses. You know, the, a sensory experience, whether it be the smell, the sight, just the whole atmosphere around the place. It's a course that you know I didn't know very much about it before you wrote that review, and I read through it. And then obviously talking to you today, I didn't know much about it at all, as it is you know comparatively overshadowed by as you touched on the neighbours just along the road, you know, Port Rush and Port Stewart and so on. But I think, you know, that's, that's not bad, is it? When you've got neighbours along the road like that. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, it's a shame to be overshadowed that way, but I think as well, obviously, as you said there with this year, with so much attention going to be on this part of the world in the summer, you know, un- unprecedented attention, you know, a huge, huge audience will be watching it on television, a huge amount of people going there. Of course, the open this year is, you know, sold out, which is something that never happens. It's an incredible thing. It shows you how much the people of Northern Ireland are getting behind it, but also the wider community and people from around the world who want to be part of a, a very special and very unique championship, part of history. And I think because of that, as you said there, it will open up the, the eyes of the world to courses like Castle Rock. And uh, I think, yeah, it's, it should be part of anyone's uh, itinerary if they go there because it does look absolutely spectacular. And I love the idea of the of the, the railway journey because there's nothing, you know, I love travelling by rail. I think there's nothing better than just sitting there, particularly a scenic route. And we have many of those in Scotland as well. And just to kind of sit on the train and watch the, the scenery go by, there, there is nothing better than coming to a great destination like Castle Rock is obviously going to cap that off. So no, wonderful. I think it's a... Uh, should be on anyone's list, but of course it would certainly be on everyone's list when they go to this part of the world is Port Stewart. And that, of course, was showcased a couple of years ago uh, when the European Tours Irish Open uh, was there. That was won by John Ram in admittedly fairly inclement weather that time, but uh, it's a glorious, glorious place. And I know you were a huge fan of this. You know, there's there's three courses there and you played the Strand course, uh, which is where they had the Irish Open on. And it's the most, it's the best known course there. And you said mm-hmm. there in your review that you've been fortunate enough, of course, to play some wonderful courses around the world. Uh, but for you, it was the front line of the Strand course at Port Stewart that really stood out as being unforgettable. So what made that kind of opening nine, that kind of first two thirds of that course, so breathtaking for you when you played there? It's it's the sense of anticipation. Um, 
The first thing that hits you when you come out of the clubhouse and you're making your way to the first tee uh, on the um, the the strand course, you, you're automatically you look over towards the beaches, and um, it's one of the few beaches, um, blue flag beaches, that allows cars still to park on it because the surf is so good and the surfing is so good. Everything gets cleaned down, so you literally you can see a line of cars on the beach, <laughs> um, which is, is quite a, a, an attraction. But you stand on the first tee and you can't see where the flag is, but you can see where the fairway is. And it literally, it looks as if um, God's been playing with plasticine and has carved out what you would imagine would be the perfect par four to start. Um, and, and it, 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 I, I was I was chatting to some of the guys as we were uh, completing the round, and I was trying to think of words to describe how ethereal the experience was of playing. It, it's the first, probably the first twelve holes that um, I I rated as being just exceptional, and the only words that I, I could start sort of thinking about was like everything to do with the church and it sort of ecclesiastical terms because it literally felt like you were in a golfing cathedral because and and it wasn't just me that it had that impact on it was also the people that I was playing golf with um a couple of the guys were exceptionally good golfers and it had the same effect on them as me your bog standard average golfer literally we were talking in hushed tones we were just taking time to just take it all in uh, an errant shot that was off the fairway and ended up being stuck onto a bank that was 25 foot up in the air and literally required the skills of a mountain goat to climb up using the grasses um, to even find the ball, never mind play the ball. It didn't matter. It was just part and parcel of the entire experience. It was just it really was a very, very special day in my golfing education to play this place. Um, and I, John Rahm is biased. He won his, his Open there. He describes it as one of the most beautiful golf courses that he's ever played. Obviously, the game that he plays and the game that I play are on different planets. <laughs> but I think the level of enjoyment that I got probably matched the level that he got when he won the open because it felt to me like just being there was a really special occasion and a real privilege if i'm being honest mm -hmm. um and that there aren't that many golf golf courses that i've experienced where i've actually felt you know almost a little bit guilty about the fact that is this real that i'm being allowed to do this and 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 it it's a very very special place, very special place. And then after the round, you go into the clubhouse and you see the tradition and the heritage and the welcome that we received there, and the food that was, you know, I, I've been to golf courses that have got restaurants that are Michelin stars, and the quality of this local produce that was put to us when we were there was of an equal standard, and it was. It wasn't lauded. They didn't make a big fuss. It was just, no, this is what we do for our members. So we do it for our guests. Mm -hmm. You are a member for the day. Therefore, you will get this level of uh, service. And I loved it. I loved it. In fact, if 
if they hadn't have organised us all and put us on a bus, I'd still be in that clubhouse, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> you still be there now, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> you have to go back then. But uh, it, 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 it does spectacular. <laughs> yeah. And actually, you know, and from what you said there, and actually the review on the website as well, was for me the most glowing one that I read from you. I just you could feel just uh, how you felt about it coming off the page, and uh, and actually uh, last year I spoke uh, with uh, former golf shit colleague Owen Davis, who of course is now doing great work uh, with Callaway. And Owen had the chance to go and play Port Stewart and indeed Port Royal Port Rush, and for him Port Stewart was was breathtaking. It was a course that didn't quite have the same name recognition, the same maybe reputation as Port Rush, but for him. Port Stewart was the one that blew him away. Just the, as you said there, you know, just that incredible, natural, spectacular, you know, just everything about it feels so pure and just what golf should be about. And I think it's, um, you look at the, the, over, the, the flyover videos and the images, you get a real taste of that. It reminded me, it's kind of a parallel course in Scotland. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Royal Aberdeen in terms of the, Certainly the front line at Royal Aberdeen is regarded as being perhaps arguably the best nine holes in Scotland. And I think Port Stewart's opening nine is probably off that level, if not beyond it. I think it looks just incredible. And I think it's it would be the centrepiece of any golf trip. It would be the main highlight. But of course, when you come to the Causeway Coast, you have another highlight too, which of course is Royal Port Rush. Which is the kind of the, the jewel in the crown, of course, this year, most notably hosting the Open Championship this July. It previously hosted the Open back in 1951 when England's Max Faulkner won that championship. But 68 years later, it's waited a very, very long time to have the spotlight back on it once again. It's consistently rated among the world's best courses. And now we're going to see it showcased in the, the grandest stage of them all in July. It should be a tremendous, tremendous event, as I said earlier. It's sold out this year. The crowds are going to be huge. It's going to be a wonderful atmosphere. It's going to be one of the most special Opens, I think, in a very long time. But, Andy, you had the chance to go and play it. You're one of the very lucky people who've had the chance to go and play this course and, and walk in the footsteps of what the... Actually, in the end, the players at the Open this year will be walking in your footsteps because you were there first. So when you had the chance to go to Royal <laughs> I'm sure they're thinking about that. Oh, yeah, Andy Pickin, he stood here back in the day. <laughs> but uh, to be fair, and don't take this the wrong way, but I'm not sure too many of the players in the Open will find the same parts of the golf course that you did. So maybe it's going to be an untamed land where you were because it's a very challenging course. And uh, But you had a chance to go and play there. And I know before we got onto the golf course and how it played in your experience there and the, how, how much you enjoyed it and so on but before we get to that I know that Royal Port Rush particularly and you wrote about this in your review had a real personal connection for you uh, with your father-in-law Joe Colbert who was an important part of your life certainly when it comes to golf and he himself held a very special reverence set for Royal Port Rush so why was playing this uh, wonderful golf course so special and meaningful for you? Um, it, it was a very, very special course to Joe, and Joe was the guy that introduced me to the game many, many years ago. Um, uh, no longer with us, unfortunately, and um, he and I always planned to try to get to play Royal Port Rush. It was something that we'd always discussed. It was a course that he never got to play, but he'd walked several times, um, and. 
it was something that we always talked about and it was a place that he described quite reverentially and because of that it always had a little bit of an aura for me and when I was given the opportunity to play I knew that I had to do something that just paid in my own mind just a little bit of a tribute to him and the joy and pleasure that golf has given me that he was able to give to me all those years ago when he first introduced me to the game and gave me his cast off clubs which I still uh, keep mm-hmm. um and how important the game was to him you know he 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 uh, he died with with vascular dementia and towards the end was unable to remember close family but he always had a remembrance and an understanding of golf and that was something that ran through him even when all the other things were starting to be lost and it it was it was a special time um so what i decided was that I, i wouldn't sort of discuss it with anyone but i'd still got a lot of the equipment that joe had left me and um got some of the old golf balls which obviously by now are pretty rock um the spaldings uh american airlines he played all over the world and uh, i took some of those golf balls with me and i just determined that i would try and use these golf balls during that day as a little bit of a tribute to him and um decided i was going to play safely off the first tee the first tee is although it looks open is quite tight out of bounds on the right uh, a lot of rough on the left so i took a hybrid I'm, I'm trying to remember all of the things i'm trying to be sensible i'm trying to do course management block the first ball straight out right slapped it straight out of bounds um did exactly the same with the provisional now, bearing in mind, I've only bought three of these very special balls with me, and my first two shots have resulted in them going OB, literally within two shots. And basically what I'd done, I'd just got myself worked up into such a state, and all I needed to do was just appreciate that in all probability he was going to be watching me and laughing his chuffing socks off at what a cock I was making of myself. And... From that point onwards, I just let out a belly laugh, which people playing with me, the playing partners, give them the do. When I explained later what I'd been doing, it was understandable, but I think more than one of them thought I'd completely (laughs) cracked. Um, And um, I then walked up to the ball, and it had obviously hit one of the markers, one of the out-of-bounds markers, and come back into play. And I was able to play the very first ball, and we moved off. But I I don't mind admitting, as I was... uh, as I was playing the provisional and then the next one, (laughs) there was tears rolling down my face. Um, And then as a final tribute, I played the 16th, which is Calamity Corner, the par three, that I think will be really important to this year's Open um, with the final remaining um, antique golf ball. 
Um, it's a 236-yard par three, and it's a green that's probably the size of a small saloon car to aim for, <laughs> with a ravine to the right and a ravine to the left. And needless to say, I, I did end up leaving that ball in a place where I don't think it will ever see the, the light of day again. But I'm quite happy to leave that behind, and, and that'll be looked after by uh, by the golfing gods for me. But uh, a, a wondrous experience, I have to say. The the fifth hole um, is probably one of the most impactive golf holes I've ever seen, never mind played. Risk or reward, par four. Um, literally, the green, the tee is an elevated one and you're playing towards the Atlantic Ocean. You overclub, you're in the Atlantic. It's as simple as that. But the the green complex and the way it's put together and the views at that particular point are just it's very very difficult to find the right sort of words to be able to appreciate this and i really hope and i and i've i've got total confidence that sky will be able to do this but the, the coverage for the open together with the knowledge um, and integrity of the Irish fans, I think this is going to be one of the best Opens um, in recent memory because the, the course itself is such a beautiful facility and it's a difficult one. If the wind starts to blow, um, you talk about the 51 Open, there was only two players there that were um, broke 70. So, you know, but also, you've got all of these top golfers like McElroy. Um, he got, he put on the course record. Um, he, he he did a sixty one net sixty five when he was an amateur playing off plus four in in the Irish amateur there, and because his card is is on display. Um, and and I've I've been following. Obviously, I follow quite a bit of stuff that Rory has involvement in, and uh, he's already planning and excited about the opportunity to even play there. Never mind compete, uh, and that there are going to be so many of the Irish contingent that are going to be desperate to play well during this event. I I, I cannot wait. I really cannot wait. I think it's no. Going to be I, I really do too, and I think it's going to be. You know, for all, for what it means uh, for Ireland, for Northern Ireland, for the players there, for the fans there, I think it's a very meaningful Open Championship. Um, a very exciting time for that part of the world and really for everybody in golf, just to see this golf course. A, a new, fresh, in many ways, a new venue on the Open Rota, which is a very rare thing. Only the second time it's been there. Very few people around can remember the previous Open there. So it's a, it's a, a real fresh environment. And uh, to see this course on that stage is going to be very exciting. And I feel, as you touched on there, I think it has all the potential to be a very special championship indeed. And um, and of course, uh, those ancient golf balls are, will now be forever part of Royal Port Rush. I think that's the way to look at it, as they will continue to live on as the golf course thrives in the decades and hopefully centuries uh, ahead. But obviously, just looking at the golf course, just as an overall picture there, and you touched on Calamity Corner, that's probably the most famous hole on the course, one of the most famous par threes in golf, one of the most difficult par threes in golf, and you've described it there in terms of how treacherous it can be. But looking at the golf course kind of overall and the overall setup there, of course, you, you went in there with a great deal of 
expectation. So much of it you'd heard about for so long. There's a, a great emotional resonance there as well. And in your review on the website, you wrote, and I quote, sometimes it is difficult meeting a boyhood hero as they never quite meet your expectations. In this case, they were exceeded. So how did the experience of being at Royal Portrush fit with your very high expectations going in? It's it's an open venue. It's absolutely at the top of global golf. And yet there was a friendliness and a welcome that was given to not only our party, but the other parties. Because I, I do tend to watch the interaction with other people. Um, and one of the things that they, they pride themselves on is their friendly response to any visitors and guests. And it, it was just such, not pretentious. It wasn't forced it was just so natural, but yet so comfortable the way in which we were treated. And the golf course itself, um, it just exudes quality. You, you go up number four uh, and to the right of the hole there is a bungalow that's owned by Fred Daly, who was the guy uh, who won the Irish Open. And every little point as you move your way around the course, there are different landmarks. And as you move to different sort of elevations and vistas and you look out towards the coast, that there's just a host of different things that you're able to see um, and enjoy that are just actually quite incredible. Um, sorry, Kim, can I just stop us there one second? Because oh, I've just got someone come to the door. Yes, sure. Don't worry. <laughs> Would you believe a delivery of golf balls? <laughs> we should keep that in the podcast, actually, just for the, just for the irony of that. <laughs> He's bringing back the ancient golf balls, but uh, oh, incredible. So, yes, yeah, so, let's continue what you were saying there. And um, I see we can cut that bit out if we feel like it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just um, the, the friendliness, um, it, the, the quality, but the friendliness. And the way in which the course has been very, very subtly redesigned where they've taken a couple of holes from the Valley course uh, and Mackenzie and Ebert have, have, have basically, they've, they've almost improved on a Rolls Royce by, by incorporating these new changes. But if you didn't know those changes had taken place, they'd been done so well and so naturally that I don't think you would immediately realize what they've done because everything fits in. There's a, there's a wonderful flow to the course. Um, I'm trying to think of a better way to describe this. As a, with, there are some times when you're playing a round of golf and it's almost like you get into a rhythm and a tempo, like a good piece of music. And as you move around this course, it sets up little traps. It'll slow you down on the par threes. It gives you more time to think about the, str the strategy from the tee boxes on some of the par fours. There's a beautiful rhythm as you're moving your way around this course. And literally, a I think we probably about a four-hour round, which as a four-ball wasn't too bad given um, the amount of play that was on the course. 
But if I hadn't have had a watch on, I'd have thought that we'd have been playing for about two hours because it's such a sensory experience as you're moving along and there's so much happening. Um, it really is a stunning experience. One that I would utterly, entirely, enthusiastically encourage anybody, if you ever have the opportunity to tee it up on this golf course, do it because it's special. It really is special. Um, and it, it, it took me three days. When I came back from this trip, um, my good lady wife was saying that she was really quite worried because for three days afterwards, I was grinning. Um, <laughs> and it literally, it gives you that feeling. It just yeah, gives you I that think, feeling. I think the, the way I would try and describe it from what I'm hearing from you is I think that by playing all these courses indeed and actually sampling the hospitality there, sampling the, the welcome and the people of Northern Ireland, I think you kind of had an opportunity, a rare opportunity, but when you get it, you do feel it. And that is you got to the heart and soul of what the game is truly about when you were there. And I think that's absolutely the case when you go to this part of the world. And I think it's been so well described by you on this podcast today. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. And uh, I've been sitting back and just lavishing it and just enjoying your enthusiasm for it. I mean, it's been wonderful to hear. And I mean, and you can see that as well from the, the reviews on the website. We will obviously link to it on the main podcast page as well. And people can go and check those out. And um, I think anyone listening to this and reading this, Andy, would obviously feel that they have to go and experience here. Of course, we're going to see it on TV in July for the Open, and that's going to obviously generate tremendous levels of attention. But I think that the whole overall package all around it, all the courses, Port Stewart, Castle Rock, all the rest of them, the, the hospitality, the, the scenery, everything there, I mean, it's truly a, a destination that I think any golfer should have on their list because it, it's unparalleled, it's unmatched in terms of what it can offer in such a compact area. So it's a tremendous stuff I've thoroughly enjoyed it i really have and uh, so i guess you know we've slightly overran i, I believe we had a little bit of a wager could we try and condense the podcast to within 30 minutes i'm afraid <laughs> that we've slightly gone beyond that but that was to be expected because you had so much to say and quite rightly so because there is so much to describe about these wonderful courses these wonderful venues and i think it's fair to say you, you mentioned there andy that you, you would encourage anyone else to, to go and experience this but i think yeah I believe you are planning already planning your, your your return trip, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Without without a doubt. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm going to go back take uh, take my good lady wife. We're going to spend some time in Belfast, um, and then we're going to go and do a tour and try and link in with the um, probably uh, try and do some more mm -hmm. traveling around via train. Um, and uh, because the the train networks and things link in quite nicely, so yes, I will undoubtedly be uh, be returning to this beautiful part of the world. It's a part of the world that really, from my perspective, I'd not explored. But I uh, uh, to say that the appetite has been wet. <laughs> the journey there has only just begun for you, that's for sure. And it's very, very. I say I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing your enthusiasm for it, and it, it just sounds. I, I haven't been there personally, and I have to say that. 
it's now right at the top of my list because it's just it just sounds so good. So yeah, wonderful stuff. And again, as I said, there we'll see it showcased this summer. But you know, be- before then, beyond that, if you're looking for anyone listening to this, if you're looking for a golf break, this I think should be right on your list. As Andy touched on there, it's very accessible from all parts of the country, all parts of the UK to get there. Only a short flight, and uh, you're right there on its doorstep. And you have these wonderful courses right there to experience, and the great hospitality, the great welcome, and again, all those other fantastic attractions too. So it's a really good all-round experience uh, that is certainly worth savouring when you're there. I think the expression for the day is a sensory experience. I think that's probably what it delivers. So, yeah, wonderful stuff. So, everybody, there you have it. That is golf in Northern Ireland, the Causeway Coast. This year's Open Championship, of course, at Royal Portrush, I think it's fair to say, will be something truly special. A unique atmospheric championship on a legendary golf course that will now become part of the modern fabric of the game. And it's terrific to see. And, of course, as I said there, if you want to know a little bit more about walking in Andy's footsteps, his reviews and features are on the Golf Shake website. As I said there, I haven't been, but I certainly feel inspired to uh, rectify that now. Of course, don't forget, more generally, if you're looking for golf break deals, uh, visit the Golf Shake Travel section. And if you're looking for just for golf courses to play generally, uh, we have over 235 thousand independent reviews on the golf shape course section this is a great resource to go and find tee times and courses to go and play in your area and further afield and as always if you're planning to track your rounds uh, do keep playing and do keep tracking your rounds on the golf shape score tracker and also keep track of your handicap your playing handicap as well and as, as always at golf shape we want you to play more and play better my name is kieran clark and i'm very grateful for having the company today of Golf Shake Ambassador Andrew Pickham. Until next time, thank you for listening.